0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A great marketing day with lots of greens on the screens, which meant some positive news for our producers and growers out there. Got some interesting things that we're going to really take a look at today, including what's going on with soybean prices when we look at Brazil versus made at the Gulf. We'll talk about the stimulus in China. USEX numbers, of course, harvest and planting is all taking place in Brazil as well. As we'll look at the protein sector, some interesting things also coming out of China in regards to their sow herd, which kind of turns back into what's going on with the soybeans. We're going to dive into all of that today with Arlen Suderman. Of course, Arlen is with Stonex. So let's start out talking about the soybean prices when you look at Brazil versus what's being paid at the Gulf.
1: Yeah, I get a bid sheet every morning that uh, takes a look, comes from our China staff, and uh, they they figure out what it costs for Chinese buyers to purchase soybeans, be it from the U.S. Gulf, be it from the PNW, be it from uh, Brazil or Argentina, after factoring in currency exchange rates, freight rates, um, uh, import taxes, etc., And uh, they continue to show that for soybeans shipped in February, March, April, um, that uh, the beans coming from Brazil are roughly two dollars a bushel cheaper than what comes from the US Gulf. Um because we've been seeing the the basis bids collapse much faster in Brazil as they started harvest than than what we've seen at uh uh, downturn in prices here in the United States. Keep in mind that they're pricing their beans off the Chicago board of trade soybean futures, and then taking basis off of that based on the cash market. Typically, if you have a really small crop, the farmers refuse to sell that strengthens the basis. Um, and, uh, pushes the, pr- the price that exporters would have to pay upward. But the opposite is happening, suggesting, according to the cash market in Brazil, they're not really worried about a problem crop in Brazil this year.
0: So when you, when you say that and they're not worried about a crop, what are we seeing when it comes to like, harvest underway and uh, planting? I think last time I saw planting progress in that second corn crop, the sofrino was at about 8% complete, which was average for them.
1: Yeah, in fact, it, it depends on how you look at it. If you look at it national or if you look at uh, Medo Grasso, Grosso is the primary producing area, and it's getting up to, I think, around 12% planted already, which means they are also more advanced in their soybean harvest as well, which is what you'd expect. And as we look at the five-year average, both are ahead of the five-year average, so they're getting a quicker harvest pace, which you would expect with some of those early beans being the stressed ones but also a quicker planting pace uh, for the uh, winter corn crop as well. So that may change. There may be some problem areas, but for now, we just don't see the data to support that.
0: Now, I want to talk a little bit because China kind of factors into all of this as well when we look at the prices and, and who's doing the buying. And they got a stimulus package today, but does that bode well for export opportunities or is that just more of a let's just help China and their people in general?
1: well it's it's more of a general stimulus program and when the economy is is very poor there primarily it's seen in the property sector which 40% of the average household uh, assets are tied up in property so when property values are trending lower as they are in china and have been for quite some time the average consumer says, uh oh, I better pull back spending and be conservative. And so when they pull back and are conservative spending, then that's less demand for manufactured goods, less demand for the higher end uh, cuts of meat. For example, a, a lot of different factors in the economy that slows down demand for. So that is a longer term concern. Now, we did see China after their markets closed today, rolled out a stimulus program reducing the reserve requirement ratio for banks by 50 basis points. In other words, that frees up more money for banks to loan out to people, assuming that people are willing to take on a loan in this environment. So it, it did get a positive market reaction today. I think they're going to have to do quite a bit more. It did inject about $140 billion or 100 trillion yuans, if you will, of liquidity into the market. But will that be enough or will it be too little too late? That's yet to be seen.
0: So there was, and I've done some reading earlier today, and, and then I think this does tie back to our grain side, is China's going to be doing more culling of their sows. So that's got to mean less soybean meal opportunity as well, right?
1: Yeah, exactly right. And uh, Chinese pig farmers have cut their production at, a, at a, a rapidly increasing rate. A survey of 123 of the large-scale pig farms in China showed that breeding sow herds declined month on month and 5.45% down year on year in December, continuing to reduce and, and the government's continuing to encourage that in um, reducing the size of the breeding herd, just as we're doing here in the United States as well. The other problem is their population declined by 2.1 million people last year. That was more than what was expected. Of course, India is now the world's most populous nation. We've had a couple of years of declining population in China, and that's the overall trend of the demographic within China with their one child policy, which they abandoned a few years ago, but they can't get people to change the culture of one child per family. And so that's reducing their population as it ages. And the per capita consumption of pork is going down as well. And then you add into that, that China's Ministry of Agriculture has told them, you're gonna reduce the inclusion rate of soy meal in the ration. To twelve and a half percent by 2025, they've already brought it down to thirteen percent for this last year. Originally, it was seventeen percent, but they make a note that the the reductions already have reduced overall demand by nine million metric tons of soybeans, uh, and and that's roughly three hundred thirty million bushels.
0: All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to look at when we get ready for the second half here of the Channel Final Bell. When we come back, we're going to take a look at these numbers that USEC released, a little bit more detail on that. We'll also take a look at what happened in that ethanol. All tied back, those ethanol numbers. Remember the storms we had just a week and or so ago? I'll get it spit out, right? We'll take a look at that and a whole lot more, so stick around. Channel Final Bell continues up after this on the World Radio Network.
1: Let's have another channel chat with Grant Bailey. Grant and his wife Mackenzie own Bailey Ag Solutions near Norton, Kansas. Well, Grant with the channel and regional brands coming together, what do you see as the advantages? Well, what I see is we're we're merging multiple strong portfolios uh, to bring our customers more options to use on their farms to make them more profitable. What are you most looking forward to with the new channel brand? Probably the momentum. Channel has a good, strong momentum right now, um, but it, it's a great brand with strong products. Uh, this is only going to make us stronger and have a better market presence uh, nationwide. Well, Channel is here to help farmers rise to the challenge. For more on the new Channel brand, you can contact Bailey Ag Solutions at Norton, your local Channel Seed Professional, or go to channel.com slash rise. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, green marketing, and other stewardship practices. arvn
0: welcome back to the channel final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield as we continue our conversation this afternoon with arlen suderman of course arlen is with stonex we have talked a lot about this grain complex and then you got organizations like USAC, um sharing some numbers did you agree disagree with your knowledge of what's happening globally kind of what was your takeaway arlen yeah,
1: Usec is a great organization making good use of soybean checkoff dollars and know a number of people there and have a lot of respect for them. But I do disagree here with the numbers. Um, the, the Chinese, the China director of UsEC uh, reportedly said that he expects China to import 30 million metric tons of U.S. soybeans in the current marketing year. Now, that marketing year started September 1, and our primary shipping period is in that um, October, November, December time period, and then in January, February, it really drops off. So, if we go year to date, they have purchased 20 million metric tons. They've taken shipment of 15.5 million metric tons, with 4.6 million metric tons unshipped yet that they've purchased So that adds up to roughly 20.1 million metric tons. That's still about 10 million metric tons shy. He thinks that they'll still purchase an additional 10 million metric tons between February and August for shipment before the end of August. However, a year ago, they only took 4 million metric tons during that period of time. And so it's a little bit concerning when Brazilian beans are, as I indicated before, $2 a bushel imported in to their ports cheaper than U.S. Gulf soybeans, how can we anticipate them taking such a large amount of U.S. soybeans between now and then? Now, there's one possibility that could make that happen. That would be if Brazil is wrong in its crop and it's much shorter than what they currently think and China has to come back here. Uh, That's a possibility, we just don't see evidence of it yet. The other possibility is if China makes the decision to substantially increase the size of their reserves. They spent much of last year building their reserves. Do they need to add any more to those reserves? Why is that a factor? Because their current policy does not allow Brazilian beans into their reserve. Uh, There are wetter beans, higher moisture beans, and they don't store as well. So they go directly to the crushers. And so if China were to make that decision, then maybe they would – push their purchases higher but they can also put argentine beans in and argentine beans are even cheaper than brazilian beans although a lower protein content and china doesn't get along real well right now with the new administration in argentina not as if they get along well with us right now either so i'm a little bit skeptical that we're going to be able to do that in fact our marketing year to date soybean shipments are 53 million bushels behind the seasonal pace needed in order to hit USDA target for the year. And as I said, we're coming to the end of our shipping season right now.
0: What about ethanol? Did the storms of last week cause that much havoc in in not only driving, but corn getting to these ethanol plants that we saw the drop we did?
1: Well, it wasn't so much corn getting to the plants, but it's the process of making it ethanol. Let's remember that it's a biological process. You've got bacteria breaking down the corn, converting it to ethanol. And uh, so when it's really cold, that really slows the process down. Uh, We saw it in 19, uh, yeah, 2019, 2021, when we had the big Arctic blast in February. We saw it last year when we had the midwinter blast, only not quite as much. Uh, When we saw it again here this month. And in fact, when you look, we saw production of ethanol dropped to 818,000 barrels per day last week, the week ending uh, January 19th. Um, That's the coldest since that February 21 outbreak when it fell to 658,000 barrels per day and down from 1.054 million barrels per day the previous week. So we saw a substantial drop I think we'll probably see another disappointing total in next week's numbers, and then I think we get back up to normal levels. It's gonna take us a little time to do that. Now, stocks didn't fall because we also saw with the blizzard conditions we had in some places and overall slick conditions, less driving, therefore less ethanol blending as well. So stocks actually ticked up just slightly. Um, not really problematic, but ticked up slightly. Um, but uh, I suspect that will start uh, We'll start utilization going up as well.
0: All right, before we wrap up here, takeaway on these proteins. Nice green on the screen for them again today.
1: It really is. We pushed a box beef over three hundred dollars uh, um, yesterday for choice cuts. Back down a little bit this morning, uh, but still around that three hundred dollar level. Uh, we've taken so much meat out of the system right now, and that's helping support both uh, a retail uh, excuse me wholesale prices for product as well as cash cattle
0: prices. All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen and that is today's channel final bell being brought to you by channel seat and the channel professionals and as a reminder commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors and that's the channel final bell right here on the rural radio network